You've come to hear what Psyche says. I'm Dr. Stephanie Vaughn, a clinical psychologist. And I'm Sarah Kamita, a licensed professional counselor. We're just a couple of therapists without a target audience for this podcast, but hope it can be of some help to someone somewhere. All right, we're back. Hello, welcome, welcome again. So we couldn't really remember, and we're too lazy to go back and listen to the podcast again, um, but I asked Sarah, have we done a whole talk on trust versus risk? And I knew we hadn't done a whole talk, but I felt like we talked about it a lot in one of the podcasts uh, when we um, discussed adolescence and parenting and everything. But Sarah was very validating and said, you know, regardless of whether we've touched on it or not, I think we could do a separate one on that because it is such a, it's a, for me, I love this topic. I love the differentiation. I think it, the whole idea you can take and spread it throughout your relationships. I think just this little shift in the way that you um, conceptualize it um, can change a lot, make you feel a lot better. Your relationships can be closer, etc. So she said, now remind me, and she's sitting here, right? I'm right here listening. <laughs> she said, remind me of what you mean by trust versus risk. And I said, well, just sit back, relax, <laughs> and we'll just have a little discussion about it. Um, so the whole idea of trust is I take issue with the reason is because when when we say we trust someone and we say we don't trust someone there's sort of the implication that it's about them being good or bad Mm -hmm. you know there's like a lot of pressure or something on them it puts the onus on that other person we work with families a lot and families who have kids and um, teenagers, adolescents, young adults with behavioral and emotional problems. And many times there has been, you know, something's happened that the family is now afraid. And, you know, they may be afraid that the person is going to lie to them. This could happen in a romantic relationship as well. Uh, They're afraid that the same thing is going to happen again. So I don't trust that they're going to be where they say they're going to be. Mm-hmm. I don't trust that. I don't trust them generally, just like I yeah. don't trust them. Um, I don't trust that the money's going to be used in the right way. I don't. Then they use the word trust. The problem that I have with that is that it, again, points back to the individual's, almost like their character. And I like to separate behavior from character. Right. And when you say trust, it's like it's it's on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's um, deliberate. Sometimes it may be, but sometimes it may not be. Yeah, exactly. So versus when you say, you know, I'm going to take the risk or I'm not willing to take the risk, the onus is now on you mm-hmm. and your decision to do or not to do something. Um, Whether or not, let's say I'm talking about you, Sarah, whether or not I trust you doesn't necessarily have to do with you. Right. You know, if... Um, if we're playing that, what's that game where like you fall and the other person catches you? like a trust fall. Yeah, a trust (laughs) fall. If we're playing the trust fall and you don't catch me and you know you're not going to catch me. Like you decide, I'm not going to catch you this time in the trust fall. Uh, the next time that we go for the trust fall, you may know you are going to catch me. Mm. Like, you know, 100% from here on out, you will catch me every mm-hmm. single time. And that won't matter because on my end, 
I am not willing to take the risk <laughs> of falling backwards right? and seeing what happens. So I could say all day long, well, I don't trust you. You know, you're not trustworthy, but it really doesn't have to do with you so much as it has to do with my experience, mm-hmm. you know, and having my fears play out and finding out that you are a fallible human being. It's kind of like fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, say, shame on me type thing. Sort of. I, I want to take the shame, mm. you know, I mean, <laughs> not that shame is a bad thing because shame, you know, keeps our clothes on and keeps <laughs> us from urinating public. But I do want to take away the yeah. shame piece of this because um, I want people to take accountability and responsibility for their decisions to either, um, you know, allow their adolescent to do something or not allow them. Like they need to take ownership of this is because of the way I feel, Mm -hmm. not because the other person is bad. So that, you know, if we've got an adolescent who lied, you know, say, and was sneaking out with a boyfriend, that adolescent may know and often does know I'm not ever going to do that again, you know? Yeah. And, but it doesn't matter because the parent doesn't feel comfortable. Totally understandable. Parent doesn't feel comfortable. For that parent to say, I don't trust you, it hits, you know, too, too much to the core of the adolescent. It's like saying, I think you're bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is. Yeah. If, you know, if I said to you, I can't trust you. Knife so, to the heart. Yeah. It's like so global. Yeah. It's so big. And even if you narrow it down, like, I can't trust you with, you know, my wallet or something, you know, even if you narrow it down, it still feels too pervasive and too broad. Mm -hmm. But if I say I'm not willing to take the risk, that's different. You know, it goes back to me because I could just be neurotic. Right. (laughs) And not to mention as a parent, when you say that you don't trust your child, you think about them differently. It's it's like sours your taste and you know the taste in your mouth about them when you think about them versus separating them from their behavior it's kind of like a like a character stamp like yeah it objectifies them yes it turns them into an object there's good and bad and now you are bad right so i the i don't think the word trust really belongs If, if i'm going off on a tangent here i think about trust as you know we come into the world and we have this you know, naive sort of idea about people that there are some people who are not fallible at all. Mm -hmm. And it's just not true. Every single human being is fallible, just in case you didn't know that. Every single Mm -hmm. human being is fallible and every single human being will break that word that you call trust. At some point, that will happen. That's just the nature of human beings. So, and I tell people once that has been I don't like to say broken because it makes it sound like something's wrong with it. But once that happens, mm-hmm. you don't ever get that back. You right. that you will never go back to thinking the person is infallible. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, I think it's a good thing to see that the person is fallible. So you don't ever get that back. If you're waiting around until you f- trust mm-hmm. again. You can rebuild the trust. Yeah, yeah. You're going to be waiting a long damn time. Yeah. But if you are willing to take the risk, that's a different story. Mm-hmm. So when we're working with um, couples of the infidelity, I was talking to Caroline, who's one of our therapists here recently. We were talking about um, infidelity and how you help couples move through that. And she, you know, was talking about a client who said, I just don't trust you. And then I gave my whole speech about trust and risk. And, you know, we were saying, 
there's a point where, you know, the hurt feelings are still there and you've got to decide as the partner who's been cheated upon, whether or not you're willing to take the risk that you don't know where your partner is Mm -hmm. at any given time. Like they are gone for the weekend or they're making a phone call in private or, um, you know, they are an hour late or something. There's this, do I take the risk that, what are they taking the risk of? Of potentially being hurt again or being cheated on again. Yes. That, that bottom line, are you willing to take the risk of it happening again? Mm -hmm. And you cannot have it both ways. No. You can't have it where like, well, yeah, I'm willing to take, like, I'm going to stay with this person. Uh, I'm willing to take the risk, but I'm going to grill the shit out of them hmm. when they come home. That's that not like a fun taking, relationship. Yeah, right? <laughs> because then you're adding a new problem. If you didn't have a communication problem before, if you didn't have a relationship problem before, now you will have mm-hmm. one because now you're grilling them. Now you're anxious all the time. You're communicating your anxiety. Um, you're not a fun person to be around. So... You know, when you take the risk, you've got to take the risk in full. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that it's not going to happen right. because it is possible. That's the reason why you're anxious, because it is possible that it's going to happen again. Um, but if you sour the relationship by putting it solely on the other person and say, I cannot trust you, when that other person knows good and well that there's not a whole lot that can be done to rebuild or repair broken trust because it is broken, period. Mm -hmm. It's done. Like, the trust is broken. Then we're just waiting around for you to feel differently. And what what does that look like? I mean, what, what exactly are you waiting on to feel differently? Sometimes it's time, and then that makes a difference. But, you know, there's a point where you've got to come to terms with, if I'm not ever willing to take the risk again, then I've got to do something different. Right. You know, and if that means ending the relationship, then it means ending the relationship. Um, but you've got to take that personal responsibility for this is this is actually my issue about risk. You're awful quiet over there. You so. know, I'm just thinking about it's like the classic example. You've got a friend that kind of keeps going back to the same guy over and over again, and she keeps getting hurt over and over again. And me as the friend, I'm just tired of hearing about it. <laughs> and, you know, but it is when I'm thinking about it like that, it's like she has decided to take on this risk. Now, granted, we all kind of suffer if and when the relationship (laughs) doesn't turn out and we hear about it. But, um, instead of saying like, Oh, well her partner is the bad one. Yeah. It's kind of like, what do you expect? No, exactly. Yes. And some people are more comfortable with risk and pain than others. Yeah. I mean, I know when I've been in situations like that, not necessarily with relationships, but when I've been in situations like that, you know, I I like to say, it doesn't take me long to learn. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't like a lot of pain. And so there will come a point where I say, I'm not willing to take the risk of that pain again, of Sarah letting me fall on the floor with the trust (laughs) fall You know, I'm not willing to take the risk. Um, What's the possibility for gain? You know, we're we're weighing the the possibility of gain against the risk of pain. Right. And it's just a gamble, Mm -hmm. really. Just like all of life, life, right, is a gamble. Nothing is nothing is certain besides death and taxes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's about that time, isn't it? It is. All right. So hopefully that um, clarifies a little bit about trust and risk. And I hope that you will uh, 
take on the risk um, and take accountability for your own emotions, actions, behavior, um, and stop putting it on the other person, which sort of transitions into another podcast we're going to do in the future, which is called Toxic Blame. Excellent. Thank you. This was helpful. Thank you, Sarah.